You're listening to the Oz TV podcast, only on the Oz Network. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Oz Network. We continue ongoing a recap coverage of Third Watch. We're into the second season still. We're up to the 14th episode. A rock and a hard place. Just like listening to an episode of the Oz Network, you find yourself in a rock and a hard place. I don't know where that joke was going from. Uh, nowhere. Um, this episode first aired on the 5th of February 2001. It was written by Bonnie Mark and it was directed by Felix Enriquez Alcala. Uh, my name is Ben and it's not just any chicken, it's Empire Sasatchewan Green Jade Chicken. <laughs> My name's Darvell, and unless there's a high-speed chase or some sort of gunplay, no one expects to see your face until the end of the shift. <laughs> I love this episode. Um, just this episode is so yes. good. Um, this is yeah. This is this is kind of with season two. Like there's just as I keep rabbiting on every single time. It's such a great season, but there's just always a few of these episodes, which I just can't wait. You know, obviously after hours, I was, you know, dying to get to, I've been rabbiting on about the self importance of being Carlos as well, but this would be the third most one I was looking forward to getting to the most this season. Um, I mean, obviously it's kind of, it's interesting sort of the next four episodes here of third watch, because we've really got a real spread here. And I might argue maybe the strongest four episodes in a row that we will ever get in third watch. I mean, I'm not taking away from kind of the ones that we We've obviously already had this season because they're all strong, they're all good. But in terms of the the differences of what we get in these episodes, like a big spread, um, you know, from this episode to kind of, you know, a bit of fun in this episode and some of the great sort of character interactions to obviously our next two episodes, which are going to be very powerful and very, you know, uh, very heavy. heavy episodes for sure. And um, I will say this right now that you will find in the next three episodes – I will guarantee you our number one moment for this season when we get to our recap will be in the next three episodes. So, um, and arguably you might say it will be a top five at the end of all of these six seasons. So that's just a a thing to keep note on in the next coming episodes. Uh, That moment is not in this episode, sadly, but this is a fun episode, Darvell, isn't it? I mean, I don't know if you've got much to say at the beginning here, but uh, what a great episode this is. Well, then I say we jump right into it. Oh, look at you trying to, you know, dictate things. <laughs> Get on a few of these episodes, you think you know what you're talking about. No, it's fine. Um, yes. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. We, uh, we'll we get straight into this. And it kind of starts off a little bit um, differently. Like, I, I kind of like the way this starts off with sort of the the uh, aerial shot kind of of the street. And we pan down to, um, to Carlos and uh, to Doc. Uh, the, you know, great music. We get a shot of the uh, Twin Towers in the background there with some fog over them. Um, and we kind of get a bit of a subtitle, 5pm. Uh, kind of, all. what's going to happen on this episode? We're getting times. Um, so... I don't think that's something we've gotten before. No, I don't think so. They do do it in a few other, like... We, we Obviously, like, in four days, we kind of had the subtitles of, like, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Like, I don't think we've necessarily had a time one yet. And I'm pretty sure we get a time stamp uh, when it comes to um, our 100th episode, which, because uh, obviously that was a unique episode. Um, and I think we might get some times on the September 11 episode from memory as well. But, um, yeah. It's the first time for sure that we see this. Um, Carlos and Doc are helping out a guy. He's um, hyperventilating. I love how Carlos is like over-explaining it and Doc just looks at him and is like, you're hyperventilating. Um, 
He's nervous about speaking in front of <laughs> 200 people. Uh, meanwhile, we get wow. a cross to uh, Jokus and, and Bosco. Jokus uh, is, you know, hoping that they make it to Emily's birthday. Um, the hidden Bosco wants chicken. Um, I just I love, oh, I love like, my line that I said at the beginning, but I love Jokus' uh, reaction. Oh, well, if it's green jade chicken, she'll understand then. Uh, <laughs> and then Bosco obviously talking Man. about, you know, oh, why didn't you just take lost time? Oh, Sergeant Christopher denied it to me. I wonder why that is. Why is it always my fault? Uh, <laughs> just... <laughs> Typical Bosco Yoko's banter. But, like, my question you is... Yeah, Yasko and Bocus. Yasko yep. and Bocus, you're absolutely right. <laughs> now, they're called here to obviously see Doc and Carlos who are helping out this guy. Why do they need police assistance for this guy? Like, he's just hyperventilating. Like, does, does somebody call 911 first and go, oh, my God, there's a guy on the ground. Quick, call the cops. Oh, and also call the paramedics. Like, I don't understand why Bosco and Yoko's are even here. Don't well, I have heard of <laughs> I have heard of cases where you know sometimes you know police and paramedics or police and firefighters or whatever will get dispatched to the same scene. But why they were here, yeah, I don't know. Or is this a precursor to what's going to happen? Well, later? I mean, we know in terms of a television episode why they're here to set up what we're about to get, but like. I'm just sort of questioning the fact that, yeah, like, you're right. Like, they, there are definitely moments when you get called. I'm not denying that. My point is, is why are they called to this? This is just a guy not breathing properly. Like, this isn't like he's been shot or, you know, there's a, a, a blockage of traffic or anything like that. There's literally no reason here for me to think. And I'm not trying to take away from this episode. I love this episode. And obviously, this sets us up, as we know, for what's about to happen. But, yeah, I just think it's a bit weird that Bosco and Yoga's are even here. For, for what reason? <laughs> so <laughs> We will never know. Yeah, well, yeah, we'll have to get the writers on the show or something like that. Like, is this just purely a yeah. set-up point or something like that? Um, so... Guy, Ed, John, anybody else listening? Yep, I know you listen. You're avid listeners to this show, obviously. Um, but uh, just as uh, Bosco and Yokes are about to bugger off because they're going to get their chicken... Uh, we get a person, a woman, basically saying, oh, I need some help, I need some help, come, you know, check on this guy. But uh, obviously we've got to take special note here to the fact that Bosco's put them on meal, but then doesn't update dispatch to where they are. And then obviously there's a bit of confusion here with Doc and Carlos um, about are they available, are they available. Um, Carlos kind of questions. I love how Doc sort of blames Carlos, but in my eyes, like, Doc sort of said that they're available and then kind of quickly says to Carlos, who he doesn't really clarify his instructions. So I can understand why Carlos, you know, doesn't necessarily do it. So um, they get they have to go down these stairs underground and um, basically uh, Bosco's like, oh, I'm not going down. And he starts just ripping shit into this poor homeless woman. Uh, what does he say? Like, oh, I'm not going down there just because some grapehead missed a date with Sophia Loren here. And then he's just like ripping <laughs> shit into this poor woman. Like, just being an absolute dick. And then um, she's like, oh, you, Bosco. Think, you think you're pretty clever with your jokes about street people. What's next? You're going to regale me about jokes on the handicapped or kids? They're always good. And then I love Bosco. Regale? <laughs> like, he doesn't know what the hell she's talking about. He eventually goes down the stairs and catches up to, to our merry trio, to which they're talking about the Lindbergh baby. <laughs> and I love Bosco's like... Are you talking about the Linder Lindbergh baby that was kidnapped? And Jokus is just like, no, the other one. <laughs> oh, just oh, kind of, you know, dumb Bosco moments. Um, Carlos, Plenty of those. Carlos shitting himself at rats. Um, there's a dead guy. 
Uh, and I love Boss Gogan. You need assistance, raise your hand. Um, but yeah, then we obviously hear a bit of a noise and we see two guys hiding in the dark. Um, and then these guys kind of try to escape. That guy's dead. Oh, you guys are sharp as attack. Um, but you know, Bosco and Yoke, they're questioning them, uh, before they pull guns out, we've got a bit of a Mexican standoff, uh, and then they start shooting, then they run up and they lock them down. And this is kind of what we're going to get here, uh, for this episode, but it obviously got to get a bit more tense. Yokus gets frustrated because they're locked in and shoots the door. And of course, it ricochets, shoots poor Doc, and um, he's down. right in the belly. Yeah. Now, look, again, love this episode. Love, love, love this episode. But I've just got to call one little thing here in terms of it feels very over the top TV esque. Is that. Here comes a Ben Rant. Here comes a Ben Rant. You, you literally already have enough tension with these guys locked underground, but you've got to add the drama of somebody being injured. So why not shoot someone, uh, and then here's poor old Doc who might die. Now, it's tense, it's dramatic, fair enough, okay. But just, let's all remember this episode, particularly when it comes to the next two episodes, because, okay, we don't necessarily know how much time has passed between this episode and what's going to happen next episode. Doc's out in the street working fine in the next episode. <laughs> like, don't get too sad or upset that Doc's going to have to follow the Jimmy route and get rehabilitation for, like, three months. Like, we literally do not hear from this storyline again. Let's be honest, Doc Getting Shot is a dirty kid storyline. Dirty kid. It's a dirty kid storyline. But, I mean, it's 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 not as bad as Dirty Kid, because at least we get dramatic tension and you've got to kind of add it, even though it's a bit over-the-top TV, whereas Dirty Kid just disappeared and just was no reason for being there at all. So, um, yeah, it's it's 75% Dirty Kid, this storyline. Does, does that make sense there, Tarfell? 75% yes. Dirty Kid? Yeah. <laughs> Yep, just, I gotcha. Just, you know, thought I'd point that out. Um, <laughs> but then, obviously, they're panicking. I kind of like here when, before Bosco and Yokos go searching, and, uh, you know, Carlos, you know, trying to help Doc, and Doc yells at Yokos, You shot me! <laughs> and it's like, I said I was sorry. It was a ricochet. Oh, so that's okay, is it? Um, they Obviously, their radios don't work because they're at subway level. Uh, then Yokos is all like, Oh, but that woman up the top will save us. And Bosco's like, um, Yeah, I wouldn't count on that. Um, and then they find... Uh, because of you. And like, yeah, like, I didn't say anything! Um, and they find millions of dollars worth of heroin, uh, just chilling down there, and that's clearly why, uh, the guy there... And I, I love dumb Carlos moment here. Oh, the old guy's a heroin dealer? No, I'd say it was the guy with the guns. <laughs> like, just the way they say that. Um... And we kind of get a bit of an inkling here that Bosco's scared of the dark, although we'll kind of get a bit more of a payoff of this because obviously Yokus is like, yes. oh, let's go searching down here. Oh, but it's dark in there. Um, and then, you know, there's kind of like a bit of a back and forth between uh, Carlos and Doc here. I mean, it's it's a tense opening scene, but it's, it's kind of, it's good this episode, though, I feel how they balance sort of the, the drama with the comedy, if you know what I mean. Right, right. And Bosco, Bosco being scared of the dark, yeah, we get a hint of that. He pretty much confirms it. Later on, and you know, I have to ask regarding that whole thing of Bosco being afraid of the dark. Do you think he sleeps with the lights on? <laughs> because if he does, that that's one high ass electric bill. He's got a nightlight. Uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Dora the Explorer nightlight. Although I don't think Dora the Explorer was a thing in the year two thousand one, was it? When did Dora the Explorer start? No, I'm sure, you're a big fan. <laughs> <laughs> no, not a big fan. But I know plenty of people with. Much younger siblings who watched it, and I can remember them talking about it probably around 02 or 03. Uh, where is it here? If I'm looking here, 
Uh, oh, it started in the year 2000. So, okay, just started around about this season. So, well, maybe Bosco did have a Dora the Explorer nightlight. Apparently, I don't know. Apparently, they're making a live a, a film adaptation. Really? Like, how does that work? Um, yeah, okay. It won a Peabody Award for outstanding efforts in making learning a pleasurable experience for preschoolers. <laughs> wow. Um, anyway. Well, it very well could have. That's a weird thing to win an award for. Um, all right, so um, Davis, meanwhile, we're here wanting to meet Tatiana, um, kind of in the locker room, and I like this sort of this little scene here of uh, Sergeant Christopher comes in and is like, Sully, uh, Davis, you're on uh, detail tomorrow. Uh, you're with the Wu-Tang Clan or at the Apollo. And it's like, oh, oh, but Sergeant, I hear Bosco's a big fan of the Wu-Tang Clan. And it's like, oh, yes, I know. I've made sure that he'll be on detail as to do a CD signing. I'll make sure he gets you a copy. Uh, <laughs> could you imagine Bosco on detail? For- oh, God. I-, I could imagine Bosco likes the Wu-Tang Clan. I could imagine he probably does listen to him. Um, but this is actually, I- I- I'll correct myself. They're not in the locker room. They've arrested this guy. And I just like, there's this random little throwaway bit here, just as after he said, like, you know, I'll tell you, ask for a copy. This guy, like, holds up, like, a Rice Krispie, and he's like, Rice Krispie treat, you want it? And it just, like, cuts away. It's just, it's just random. It's just one of these, like, really great little random yes. sort of blinking you miss it. It's kind of, you weren't on the episode uh, that we did with Brandy, uh, where we were where they were searching for the prisoners, and they arrested that guy who stole the milk. And he's like, ask nicely. And then just this random guy, when he turns around, and he's just like... Oh, I can't remember what he says. Oh, uh, Davis is sarcastic, like, oh, you're a big help. And it's like, no problem, officer. Just like, it's a real quick blink and you miss it moment. But it's just, oh, so funny. <laughs> um, we're at the firehouse. Now, we see a Dalmatian. Now, remember Mad Tooth from, like, the opening, what, Man two Tooth, Man Tooth, yes. Um, apparently, Mad Tooth is still there. We just never, like, he is, you think Bobby goes nowhere. Man Tooth goes nowhere. Uh, <laughs> but, I mean, you see him for two seconds here at bored Dalmatian at the firehouse. Um, and again, correct me if I'm wrong on Kedes or Barb, but I'm pretty sure we'd never see it again. Um, so random Dalmatian at the firehouse, but everyone's bored. DK and Joe are doing a hand standoff. Uh, Taylor's cleaning the fridge. Bobby's staring at the speaker. Again, this is, let's be honest, this is just Bobby Cannavale waiting to get written out of the show. He's not acting here. He's just staring. He's like, oh, come on. Am I done yet? Get me out of here. And he's like, we've never gone long this, never gone long, this long without a call. Um, then sort of Jimmy off. Oh, you ask me, Doc and Carlos are up for a bit of foul play. Joe comes in. Nobody asked you, Jimmy. Ooh, Dick Joe. Um, but then like, can we just back up a few episodes ago when Taylor's all like, yeah, fuck you, Jimmy, you're an asshole. To all of a sudden, Taylor's kind of defending Jimmy. What did he do? Screw all their girlfriends? And then I love Kim's reaction. Possibly. Because, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's just what Jimmy does. Probably. Uh, we get a bit of an interaction here between Jimmy and Kim. Uh, Jimmy's got nowhere to live. He's staying at his folks and he's looking for a place. Cool. Um, and then we get... We go back to Bobby and Taylor. Oh, that epic moment where they hooked up in After Hours. Oh, what a what a iconic Third Watch moment. This budding relationship between Bobby and yeah. Taylor. We got a brief glimpse let's of it again. Raise, let's all raise our glasses. Oh, just let's do it Cheers. because here we go. Bobby wants to invite Taylor over for dinner tomorrow night. It's fine, cool, okay, okay. But for some reason, Taylor takes this a certain way. She's got commitment issues, Taylor. 
And then, um, you know, what is that? Is it jo- uh, DK or Joe? He's like, oh, Taylor, come on now. Your turn. You're the final frontier. And to which Bobby's like, hey, hey now. And she's like, hey, hey now. Um, and it's kind of like, okay, I can kind of see why she might imply that, you know, Bobby's been a bit, like, protective and manny. But, like, is he really? Like, he's just having a bit of a joke and asking her over for dinner. Um, I'm going to say, Taylor, she got some commitment issues. I- I'm definitely Team Bobby this episode. I don't know about you, but come yeah. on, Taylor. Yeah. <laughs> really. Yep. I like when he, when he later, spoiler, when he later, you could say he lets her have it when she's hanging up on the wall by her turnout gear. It's, yeah. I, the thing that I find interesting is that, I mean, we all know what's about to happen to Bobby and kind of he's leaving in a couple episodes. Like, legitimately, the next two episodes after this are about Bobby leaving. Uh, I won't spoil it yet, but we're obviously going to get to those in the next episodes. But clearly at this point, yeah. the writers knew that Bobby was leaving. Bobby Cannavale knew that he was leaving. Uh, Amy Carson knew that he was leaving. So to me, this is just, oh, shit, before Bobby leaves, we better quickly tie up this storyline between Taylor and Bobby. Um, which, okay, we shouldn't complain. We often complain that they leave things open-ended and they never get back to it, so I'm not going to complain about that. But it's just the way they do it, like... I mean, I can kind of see it's a bit funny, but it's just... Yeah, it just makes Taylor come across as a bit of a dick. So, um... I don't know, that's kind of my little Ben rant, number 3,000 for the episode. Um... So, where are we? Oh, so Bosco, they're still looking underground. Uh, Bosco's asking if you ever see the end of Planet of the Apes. Um, and then what is Yoke's like, oh, can you just pay attention? This isn't funny in Bosco. We're locked in a damn basement. It's kind of, it's a bit funny. Um, Bosco playing a joke when he sticks his hand in the bin. Um, and then your line that you, you had, obviously, about uh, nobody expects you to see your face at the end of the shift. I go like Bosco's retort. Is that some kind of dig? <laughs> He just, he never yeah, gets it, does he, Bosco? <laughs> <laughs> you got to love him. Um, and yeah. then we kind of get to this window and Yokus is all happy. Oh, look, you know, they're going to see us. But then for some reason, Bosco is an expert when it comes to the subway system of New York City. Um, <laughs> this is the end of the, what is it, the L track or something like that. And um, it's going to be open in spring uh, 2002. Six. six, yeah. Um, Six or something like that. Last stop, Brooklyn Bridge. Uh, they're bringing back old New York. Great. Um, so, yep. Uh, and then just kind of, we also get a scene here uh, of Davis. Uh, well, first of all, we find out that Davis's dates never last this long. Um, and that they should go double dating with Tatiana. And then here comes Sergeant Christopher being a dick. Oh, 55 David a ducking calls. Um, and he's just like, will you drive me out there? Uh, doesn't really give him a choice. But again, another little blink and you miss it moment when Dave is just like, he didn't even wash his hands. Like, he just comes out of the toilet. <laughs> it's just like, you know, like, I just, I, I feel that that is an ad lib line. I just feel that, like, Toby <laughs> Bell's added that in and they've just gone, well, that, that's good. Use it. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. I don't know if you kind of get that vibe yeah. or not with that scene. Yeah. Uh, do you have anything to add on these last two scenes either? No. <laughs> All right, uh, so no. uh, Carlos and Doc still back downstairs, and uh, Doc's obviously fading fast, and, uh, you know, Carlos is trying to help. I love how, like, Doc's kind of, like, telling Carlos what to do here, and, you know, like, we get it, he's sort of a newer paramedic, but he's, I guess he's kind of pretty good at his job. 
Um, and then obviously we get that tense little line of Carlos saying to Yokus, we need to get into a hospital fast, which I guarantee you was used in the promos for this. Um, like, that's just such a promo line. Next Monday, <laughs> trapped underground. We need to get into a hospital fast. Do, do, do. Um, One of their own, badly injured. Yeah. So there we back Will to he survive. Back to the firehouse. All new third watch. Back, <laughs> Sorry. Back to the firehouse and Taylor uh, sort of talking about. Oh, I'm feeling like I'm being part of the house here and saying until Bobby lifted his leg, like a random little Jimmy line here because now Jimmy and Taylor are back to being besties. Um, they're. Uh, talking about playing pranks, putting chocolate on the bed, and essentially this is just Taylor, oh, what should I do with Bobby? And I kind of love Jimmy's little, like, little joke here, when he's like, uh, oh, I've always thought honesty is the best policy, you should tell the truth, and they both laugh, and obviously... <laughs> fi- they're fixing- Coming from Jimmy? Yeah. And again, but they're besties now, Taylor and Jimmy are besties all of a sudden, so, like, cool. Um... And they're doing this while they're fixing a shower. One thing I notice here, which kind of going back to my point from a few episodes ago, I like it when we kind of get random characters working with each other differently. I love how Taylor's like, Bobby and I are working a shift next week. Something we'll never see. Uh, But like, you know, they would have worked together. How would that work, do you think? I don't know. I mean, we know they they kind of had a thing going, but then there's this whole... Taylor being a dick, as you said, so I don't know. I think it probably would have been kind of tense. It would have been interesting. I mean, you know, it's not like Bobby doesn't have experience working with women that he's, like, into. Um, Right. (laughs) Kim. Hashtag Kim. Yes. Remember when Bobby used to have storylines, people? Um, I kind Mm -hmm. of like it when Taylor's like, oh, maybe I should tell him I'm gay. And then Jimmy just has his look on his face. Um, Meanwhile, back underground, Carlos is banging against the door. They're talking about these um, bricks of heroin being worth $130,000. And Doc's like, oh, I'd rather be poor. Um, you know, paying off all the, and the debt. Rest of them are... Sorry? <laughs> yeah, the rest of them are, are kind of dabbling in the idea of stealing a few to... Which you would. I mean, you would in that situation. <laughs> You'd have thoughts. Um, and I yeah. kind of like, I like that little, you know, little kind of reference here. We'll get followed up in a few episodes' time. Um, when Bosco says, oh, Faith, you know, Fred could get that SUV that he's always wanted. Um, so just, just remember that line for about, uh, well, still about seven episodes away from it, but, uh, yeah, great episode still to come this season. Um, uh, we're just going to get some conversation about, uh, obviously, Yoke is missing Emily's birthday party. I'm sure she'll understand. And they're talking about how the guys are going to come back with guns. Um, and obviously in between here, we've got, uh, Davis and Sully driving around Christopher and Chris, Christopher being a dick. Um, like always, you know, I, I told, what did he say? Like, oh, you're taking me one side to the other. I'm going to write you up. And then basically Sally doesn't give a shit. And he's like, he calls it in. He's like, I told you I didn't want you to, um, be tipped off. Oops. (laughs) 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 Oh God, I do like it. And then kind of Davis obviously has a point here, which kind of sets people off is, you know, uh, can I make a point here? You know, how long... It's been, like, three hours. Do you really think Yokus is going to be letting Bosco duck holes for that long? So, um, that's obviously going to tip them off slightly, so they're going to find out where 5-5 David was last uh, called through. Uh, meanwhile, back at the firehouse, Taylor and Bobby 
Oh, God, this is just so cringe. I love this episode, but this is cringeworthy stuff in this episode. Um, Taylor sort of talking to Bobby about, like, oh, tomorrow night, you know, I hope we're on the same page. Uh, the sex. Oh, yeah, I always have a bit of a first-time tradition. I like to have a threesome. I like it with two guys. Oh, we should do it with Jimmy. <laughs> like, come on. Um, but, and Bobby must look nauseated at the very thought. Oh, Bobby's facial expressions are hilarious, particularly as soon as they say Jimmy. Because like, it's kind of funny the way Bobby first reacts. is like, threesome? Oh, who is she? It's like, no, two guys. Um, and it's just like, you know, if a girl says that to me, yeah, I'm definitely calling bullshit. I'm like, I'll oh, get out. Like, come on, you obviously don't want to go out with me. Fair enough. Like, does she take Bobby for being that dumb? This is why Taylor's such a dick this episode. Um, so, <laughs> I don't know if you got anything. I just find it so cringeworthy. Do you find it cringeworthy? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. Nothing more to add? No. No? Man, I'm just not contributing. You're very talkative this episode, Darvell. You're doing very well. No. Uh, we're back underground, and they're going, they're going through this dead guy stuff. He's got some romance novels and some Valentine's Day things, and they all get their little bit of chocolate. Um, and Doc's still sort of helping him here, and basically uh, Doc's wound's drying up. He's bleeding internally, and this apparently, because you're bleeding internally, it's serious, but that means Carlos can bugger off and go for a walk with Doc, uh, with Bosco. I don't understand how he can leave. Like, I know he says, like, oh, I'm not doing anything here for him anyway, but really, like, surely there's got to do, like, at least tell Yogis what to do, like, if something happens. Like, I don't know, shouldn't he be at least giving some information here? Yeah. I mean, especially because, of course, Jokis is not experienced in the field in that in that particular line of work. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. So, I mean, we get great yeah. Carlos and so, Bosco stuff. God's so. sakes, Carlos. You go ahead. Yeah, like, like, come on, Carlos. Tell her what to tell her what to do if he starts fading off or something like that. Don't just leave her stranded, man. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Oh, just yeah. Um, yeah. so Carlos, we get some great Carlos and Bosco stuff ho- here, though. I, you know, as you know, I love these two together, and we don't get it enough, and we kind of will get it obviously greatly in a few episodes' time, but really from there on in, we just barely get Carlos and Bosco together. Um, but we, uh, have some, like, great little, um, uh, stuff going on. Uh, actually, no, I'm skipping ahead there, aren't I? I'm missing the, the fire stuff in the middle. Um... Oh, right, hang on. Oh, yes. We'll, we'll come back to Carl. Sorry, I'm just skipping here because we've obviously got this great scene here where Taylor gets a bit of a comeuppance this episode. So Taylor teases Joe into saying, oh, the door's stuck again. Can you help me out? Of course, boom, flower goes everywhere all over Joe. Um, to which then they uh, basically somehow have this plan all ready to go. So they've got her pants and boots on the floor already. Somehow Taylor dumbly goes into it and they hang her up on the bloody hook. Um, I just, I do, have to admit that was funny. Oh, it's hilarious, and I do love Amy Carlson's like laugh. It just feels so natural the way she kind of does it. Um, and just yeah, it's it's kind of one of these great scenes. Which again, um, I think it's Jimmy's episode when he leaves. Uh, in many seasons to come. Don't worry, ladies. Jimmy's still around for a few more seasons. Um, but like, there's kind of like this little flash ta- flashback little scene which Jimmy kind of has as he's leaving. Um, and you kind of get like this scene is shown, like of Taylor laughing and just kind of like one of the little montagey scenes as he's remembering stuff. Yes, so, yes. Yeah, I just that kind of reminds me of this. But um, yeah, I, I just I just love the way they kind of walk off and just like guys, guys. 
Um, this is where I was skipping ahead to. Actually, I'm forget that. I mean, like, this is a, a hilarious. As much as Taylor's a dick, this episode, like, you got to love this scene. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. So, um, yep. Carlos and Bosco <laughs> are, are walking um, uh, along. Bosco. Start talking, Darvel. Yeah, you kind of can. You can bring speech out to this episode, like if you want to. Yes. Um, so, Carlos and Bosco are <laughs> uh, walking along, and uh, Bosco is asking if he's got any batteries because you know his uh, torch is about to go. Um, and they're talking about seventy million rats is outnumbered eight to one. Um, Bosco's lost. Um, did we just come from here? No, we come over from there. I know where I'm going. Um, kind of, you know, back and forth. Um, we also then get the, uh, subtitle on the screen of 9.06pm. Uh, uh, Doc and Yokus kind of having a nice little conversation. We don't really have much Doc and Yokus up to this point, have we? I don't, I can't remember. No. No, I don't think we have had much Doc and Yokus. Which is a nice little combination. Actually, I don't think we have at all. No, yes. I don't think we've had any Doc and yep. Yokus before. So, you know, with the exception of them all being around, like, a, a dinner table. Oh, actually, no, hang on. No, we did, didn't we? After hours, of course. Um, when they're... Yes. Yeah. Oh, ben, your favourite episode. Um, <laughs> Barb and Orchidians <laughs> were typing that. away right then. Like, Ben, you're so dumb. Um, <laughs> but, um, <laughs> and their conversation. Their, their conversation during this scene. You gotta... You gotta love it. Where Doc is talking about his uh, biggest regret at not being not being a father. Yeah, it's a nice and, thing. Yeah, yeah. I kind of want to say to myself, uh, even though, let's just say something happens with him in episode twenty, which we'll get to. But seeing as we're not there yet, I kind of want to say to I kind of want to say. I kind of wish Faith had said something too, like, "Well, have you and Morales ever talked about it?" Yeah. Do you? Yeah, it's yeah. weird that she doesn't mention that, isn't it? Like, you think there would be some sort of mention about that? Yeah. Maybe, maybe it just comes down to the fact that we think everybody knows everything, but maybe kind of. I mean, I guess what's Yokus's interaction with Morales, except for the very first time she met him, met her, and. Does she know that these two are together? If you know what I mean, because you know how like we're obviously getting secondhand information when you know, oh, did you what happened between Jimmy and Joe? So like you know, maybe it's not that common knowledge that Morales and Doc are an item. If you know what I mean. Yep, and and that and Doc, he's he's not the one who would go around talking about that kind of thing. Yeah. Now, if that were Carlos, if that were Carlos and Morales, which oh for sure. <laughs> apparently, which apparently that was originally supposed to be the case, according to the Knights of Camelot special on the season mm-hmm. one DVD. If that had been Carlos and Morales, well, for one thing, they wouldn't have lasted one episode. But for <laughs> but for another, Carlos would have definitely been ballyhooing that to everybody who would listen. Ballyhooing. Doc is a lot more res- spreading it. Yeah, I, 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 I kind of gathered that's what it meant. I've yeah. just never heard that word before. I like that. Ballyhooing. <laughs> yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah, but it's a. Uh, but yeah, they would have. Carlos would have been broadcasting it to everybody. Attention, <laughs> Doctor Morales and I are together. But exactly. Doc is a lot more reserved. Yeah, absolutely agree. So um, finally, he says something. He does. <laughs> he does. Um, yeah. No, I completely he agree. Speaks! I think- <laughs> I think it's, it's a nice little scene, though, too. Like, obviously, when they're talking about, like, oh, you got any regrets? And she's just like, oh, shooting at the door. And, you know, Yokes is saying, look, I don't really think about that. Um, and then I, I, it obviously leads to um, the fun little scene, though, when, like, Yokes is like, oh, I think the chocolate's worn off. And then Doc's like, oh, we could always eat Bosco. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, you know, random little moment there to kind of, you know, poor Bosco, always the butt of all jokes. Um, so Not without reason. Well, true, very true. Um, so where are we up to here? Um, oh, right, so Bobby and Bobby's talking to Taylor. Um, are you going to let me down? Um, and it's like, no. And it's like, oh, I've been thinking what you asked me. Oh, the answer's yes. It's not my first time. Um, and she's like, what? Um, but then obviously he starts laughing. Kim's there to start laughing. Kim's like, major points for originality. And this is, yeah, this is, yeah, go Bobby. Because he's like, you've got a really high opinion on yourself. Do you think I'm that manly in love with you? Like, you know, just for the next guy, just have some respect. Um, you know, if somebody asks you for dinner, just say no. Um, so again, like... He was attracted to her though, wasn't he? Well, they made out. So, sure. Uh, <laughs> This is this is what I mean. Like it's kind of that's it, ladies and gentlemen. The Bobby Taylor love story, just like Bobby this season, it goes nowhere. Uh, so, uh, it's just, it's, and he le- and he leaves her and he leaves her hanging oh, on the that's wall. Hilarious too. You- like like he just walks away. She's like, Bobby, Bobby. <laughs> I just love the way he's like. He's like Bobby, no, Bobby, no, Bobby. <laughs> um. So yeah, it's. I mean, it's what more can you say about Bobby and Taylor's relationship? We literally see it for like six minutes on total screen time. I mean, they had some good chemistry in After Hours, and they're kind of in the lead up to their kiss, which kind of it felt like it could have gone somewhere. And maybe if Bobby stayed around, they might have explored it more. But um, maybe spoiler alert, sort of spoiler alert. Eh, Taylor's going to hook up with another main character anyway in about a season's time. So, um, yeah. Uh, about well, maybe season and a half, two seasons to be technical. So it's it's within the season three, season Another, four arc. It's season three. Yeah, as as I've often said, I often get season three and season four kind of mixed around sometimes. So, um, yeah, four, four's cruise, three is not cruise. So it's like yeah, <laughs> cruise comes in season four. Um, and there, yeah. So moving forward, we obviously so that's that's how I try to distinguish the two. Um. But, yeah, I, I like how she's hanging there, so it's, it's funny. Uh, so we've got, obviously, uh, now Sully and uh, Davis and uh, uh, blah, blah, blah. Sergeant Christopher have found the car, and they've got to call in ESU, the K9s, and Sergeant Christopher, we'll handle it, we'll handle it. Um, so he's obviously... Because he's covering his ass. He is covering his ass. Uh, and then we get on the firehouse. I always forget this season. <laughs> Are you making episode. fun of me? I was being American. Um, he's... <laughs> We've got the uh, the fire crew basically having a potato gun on top of the roof, which basically oh, leads to them shooting this. a potato on top of a cop car as uh, Swirsky's walking out. And it's like, who did that? Uh, <laughs> so funny. Um, you know, after I after I saw that after I saw that scene for the first time, and it was definitely not when I watched the episode last night because I've watched the episode several times. I actually thought about getting a few people together, going up on a roof somewhere and trying that, but I don't even know if there's a, such a thing as a potato gun. <laughs> oh, there, there would definitely um, be a be a, a, a thing for sure. Absolutely, potato guns. But um, yeah, I want to do that too. I think that would be fun. And one thing I like about this scene though too is also um, when they're on the roof and you get that shot of the city over the river. Like it just looks beautiful. Um, so. Yeah, it's a well-shot scene, and it's just fun. I mean, this is kind of... One thing I, sh- I should have noticed, like, we obviously pointed out last episode where Kim's complaining about, oh, I just want to have a quiet day. 
clearly they're having one. Well, you got it, Kim. But like, they do use that, obviously, in the previously on third watch bit. We see that where Kim kind of says that, oh, can't we just have a quiet day? Um, so, you know, obviously a bit of foreshadowing in that episode uh, previously. Uh, but it's fun. Like, you know, this smashed a cop cast window. Um, oh, we'll get some good payoff with that soon. Uh, but we've got Bosco and Carlos <laughs> underground here and just dick Bosco again talking about the rats. He's like, oh, my God, they're biting my face. They're biting my face. They're biting my face. And then uh, Carlos, like, you bastard, like, pushes him, breaks the light, and then we get uh, poor little Bosco is afraid of the dark. Uh, <laughs> so, I love I love Carlos's reaction. He's kind of like, are you afraid of the dark? Are you afraid like, of the dark? He's going to be like an asshole, but then he realizes he's legitimately scared. So, he's just like, look, we'll find a way back. Um, just funny. I love Bosco in this episode just being, like, playing pranks on people, but then he obviously can't take it when he's actually afraid of the dark. Yeah. You know, I wonder how many, because Fear of the Dark, of course, is a common childhood thing. Mm. But I wonder how many adults, how many grown adults are actually afraid of the dark. It might also be, like, I mean, I know they kind of say Fear of the Dark. I don't really explore it much from there. But, you know, I guess add, like, a sort of a claustrophobia sort of feel to it, I guess. I don't know. Like, I mean, I'm not afraid of the dark. But if I'm in an area where I can't see anything and it's completely pitch black and I don't know where I am, I'm not exactly going to be comfortable in the situation. So, um <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I'm not claustrophobic, but in certain elements I am, uh, I guess like most people would be. So, um, yeah. yeah, I mean, it's yeah, I, I reckon there would be a percentage of it, Darvell. I mean, we could look up yeah. the statistics. I don't know, but yeah, I, I, I don't doubt I mean, that. I'm, not, I'm not afraid of the... This is going to be odd. I'm not afraid of the dark, but I'm afraid of being in water in the dark. That's very specific. Very weird. It's very weird. <laughs> I, I don't. I don't even know why that is. But I can't take showers in the dark. The bathroom light always has to be on. Well, don't ask me why. I would assume that's normal, right? I don't know of many people who would yeah. take a shower in the dark. Um, oh, I know. Of, oh, people do. People do. Okay. <laughs> but yeah, uh, uh, that's, I like the, the specific nature of your fear. <laughs> so I don't like being in water in the dark. Okay, cool. Um, I'm not cool for you. I'm not saying it's cool, but like, I don't know what I'm saying. I, it's, it's a very specific one. I don't either. Move on. <laughs> I don't either. Um, I just thought I'd throw it out there. Speaking of throwing, they're throwing the uh, potatoes on the uh, car, and here comes uh, Lieutenant Johnson. We haven't seen him in a few episodes. He's telling everybody off. Uh, he's going to take disciplinary action. Jimmy stands up and says it was his idea, not Joe. You go, Jimmy. Try and mend that relationship with Joe. Um, and then we get the most random combination in the history of Third Watch, and I completely forgot this is a thing. We'll never see it again. Swirsky and Jimmy. Why not? Uh, <laughs> you're getting a bill for the damages. Okay. And he walks off. There we go. Done. That was our Jimmy and Swirsky interaction, everybody. Uh, <laughs> you only start for two seconds and you'll never see it again. The phone rings. Doc and Carlos are missing, so they send off, uh... Kim and Bobby to go out to the scene to see where they and are. Somebody get Taylor off that damn wall. <laughs> I love how they like uh, they've covered her up with a jacket, uh, <laughs> like to kind of show just the look on her face. He just like rips it off, and she just looks all like Ooh, sheepish. Um, just so funny. Uh, that's a fun firehouse stuff. I mean, this is the thing. Like, this is what they can do yes. with the fire. Like, you know, remember the episodes when Jimmy just got ignored. You know, Jimmy used to be Jimmy goes nowhere. Like. 
there are ways you can use people. And, like, you, again, people are yelling at the speakers right now, oh, Ben, why isn't this a Dirty Kids storyline? It goes nowhere. But this is, like, a fun sort of filler thing that just kind of balances this episode out so well. And kind of this episode is a classic case of Third Watch balancing the comedy and the drama so well, you know. So, and you, you need it considering the next two episodes... The comedy is barely there because we're going to get some some heated shit in the next couple of episodes. So, um, yep, yeah. I mean, I think it's it's balanced very well. So, it, it definitely you need it. And kind of this is these next four episodes, as I'm saying, you kind of have um, this episode, which is sort of a, a good mix between drama and comedy. Then you got your two very heated episodes. Then self importance of being Carlos is essentially ninety percent comedy. So you know, it's kind of it's yeah, just the way they balance these out. It's uh, it's very well rounded. Very well rounded. Although I will have a slight criticism about what will happen in that period between now, self importance of being Carlos, and the episode afterwards. If that's something that doesn't happen, but we'll get to that. Um, so do 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 do. Uh, we're back underground, are we? Yes, we are. Uh, Yokus takes the old man's jacket. Uh, they're talking about um, Emily. the dead guy. Uh, yeah, the the dead guy takes his jacket so Yokus can use it. Um, talking about uh, her, talking about Emily, twelve years old. Go back and have one more moment with her as a baby. Uh, but then Doc has passed out in the middle of this. He's having convulsion convulsions. Um, and yeah, they basically it's a bit of drama. We're gonna have to come back to that on the ground. Um, and then meanwhile, up on the ground level, uh, the I can't even speak properly now. Sully and Davis see the two criminals who are obviously the ones who are underground. They're still hanging around and basically tell Sully and Davis to go the wrong direction. Uh, the last we will see are these two criminals as well. Like, I mean, in a weird way, you don't get any resolution of what happens to these two guys. I mean, you, I guess you kind of don't need it. Um, maybe they fight over the heroin bricks and they, sh- and one of them shoots and kills the other so he can have all the money to himself. Maybe, Who but knows? I, I can't imagine that Bosco and Yokos aren't not going to tell the police what happened. So they'll probably send squad cars back there and just wait for them to show up again. So I guess it's kind of implied what would happen to them. These guys aren't exactly smart. So yeah, um, we kind of get this shot of how the bin is hiding the door. So they've obviously tried to cover the door up, um, so we've kind of got that there. Uh, Davis sees the coffee cup, which uh, automatically a coffee cup in an alley on a dumpster must mean that um, there's a hidden door. Like, I can understand it. Like, obviously, Davis has a point of, like, what are the odds of a uh, half-filled coffee cup falling out of a bin and landing up that way? But, like, that doesn't automatically mean that the only people in New York City that can put a coffee cup there are the cops. So, like, I mean, okay, fair enough. That's a bit of a clue, so let's open the door. But I don't know. I just think it's a little bit forced. <laughs> but <laughs> ben just having his uh, rant. Meanwhile, back underground, um, they're back at sort of the area where the uh, the train ended, Bosco and Carlos, um, and they hear Yokus yelling. Um, so uh, they run back to Doc. Meanwhile, they've uncovered the door, and Sally Curtis sort of says, oh, nobody wanted us to find this door. Um, and we kind of have Carlos trying to save Doc. Uh, apparently he hit his head, according to Carlos. I don't think he hit his head. I think he's just, I don't know, reacting somehow to the internal bleeding. Because if you actually see him get shot, he doesn't hit his head. So, um, okay. Um, and then kind of Bosco's having to help. I love how, like, Bosco's trying to find something in the bag, and Carlos is like, the, pla- the what does he say, the plastic bag, the mask with the, the plastic balloon. The- yeah. Gosh, what was that called? The... The, what did he call it? The, 
the the ambu bag. Yeah, that. The ambu bag. Glad you remember yeah, that. Yeah, the, <laughs> the the plastic the pla- the plastic mask with the balloon, or yeah. whatever it was. Um, yeah. And he's very calm, old Carlos here, because when they sort of say the question, "Will he wake up?" I don't know. Like he's very calm for the fact that his partner, a mentor, might be dead. Um, but you know. Um, so anyway, we kind of get this tense scene here. Then where Sully and everybody comes down, they're waiting for ESU. They've all got their guns pointed. We get some great music, great tension here. It's obviously Yokus and Bosco are hearing them coming too, thinking it might be the guy. So we've kind of got a bit of a standoff with the guns and. But we then realise, Davis, it's him. Faith, it's me. It's Davis. And they get um, Doc hold up to the uh, surface. Tell Morales it's Doc. It's Kim on the phone. And I kind of like this nice little funny scene here where Kim's kind of, uh, Doc's kind of like, who's driving? And Kim's like, I'll drive. And it's like, good, because you're terrible. Good, because Carlos is terrible. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it's, it's a nice little, fo- a nice little yep. scene. Um, and obviously, Yoke's on the phone. Emily's fine. Uh, and then Bosco, anyone wants some chicken? Um, uh, still wants his chicken. I'd be wanting chicken too. I fucking love chicken. I'd want, still go get chicken at midnight. Um, meanwhile, yep, me too, me too. Um, Captain, uh, Sergeant Chris was, uh, in trouble. Uh, did he look mad? Not until I spoke with him. Um, and then we kind I of. I love how he says that. Did he look mad? Yeah. Like a, like a child, like a child caught in <laughs> wrongdoing. Well, it so was... he should, the little shit. Um, and then. <laughs> we get this great pan up shot similar to how we started with and we pan up the other direction and we see the twin towers at night and then we're kind of we're done for the episode but I just wanted to just go over those scenes really quickly because again like we just get no reference to this moving forward like I guess it makes sense because our next two episodes kind of are going to be our next two episodes but like Where's the reference to Doc getting shot ever again? Like, this is never brought up. This is kind of very similar to history when it's like, oh, remember that time Doc killed someone when he was 15? It's like, oh, remember that time Doc got shot? Oh, wait, no, we will never remember this again. Um, lol. Uh, I mean, again, I love this episode, but it's just kind of like, this is such a dirty kid moment where it's kind of like, he's back on the street next episode. So I'm going to guess a bit of time has to have passed between this episode and the next episode, because we also will get references in the next episode to Sully and Tatiana that they've obviously been seeing each other for a few weeks, um, and they're kind of very comfortable with each other, as we will see in the next episode. So, um, yeah, I'm going to have to think that a bit of time has passed, that Doc's fully recovered, and clearly not as serious as old Jimmy having to get rehabilitation and shit like that. So, just a bit of a nitpick here, Darvell. I don't know if you've got anything else to sort of say with this. (laughs) No, I'll leave you to do all the nitpicking. Mm. <laughs> it's what I do best, clearly. Um, but yeah, so that is uh, Rock and a Hard Place, and uh, we get to our evil review section. Um, I mean, I think I know you know what I'm going to do with this one, but what are you going to do with this one, Darvell? Buy it. Buy it? Yeah. Any particular reason why? Yep, I love the... I love the... Well, like like you like you said, it's very well balanced out in terms of the the comedy and the and the drama. I I love the comedic parts. You know, it's nice to see what the fire. It's nice to see what the firefighters do when they aren't on call. Yeah, I wish, and I do, and I do wish we could have had more of that because. Which yeah, I, I agree with you, and I kind of think it's a good balance between the two the two sort of um, you know uh, uh, professions. And I also like the fact that they kind of. 
I, I reckon they kind of ride us out around a table and we're like, we need to find an episode where we can get a pair of the paramedics, a pair of the cops, and somehow they're in a situation where they have to work with each other, like, for a whole episode. Um, and I think it's very cleverly done, because we, we don't get this again. We don't really get an episode where we get a pair of the paramedics and a pair of the cops in a situation like this. So it's it's one of these unique episodes, which I think stands out. Like, Third Watch has these unique episodes across their seasons. They work, for the most part, they don't work, like, in some other parts. Like, obviously, my opinion of Demolition Derby was not high, and they went for something different that episode. Um, and, you know, we'll have other ones moving forward where they go for something different and it will work. They go for something different and it doesn't work. Um, but, yeah, this one definitely works. I mean, again, this isn't, isn't like, it's one of, in terms of a favourite of mine, I mean, this is probably out of... It's got more issues than some of my other favourites, as I'm kind of pointing out, with sort of the Doc getting shot and just kind of some of the cheesy stuff with Taylor and Bobby. Um, but I still think that overall, in the grand scheme of things, you might argue this could be a top 10 episode of Third Watch, just for the balancing that they do with it. So, um, yeah, I think this is such a, such a great, memorable episode. I mean, this is automatically, when you're talking about episodes and you say, oh, the episode when they were stuck underground and Doc got shot. So you're always going to remember that, if you know what I mean. So, mm-hmm. yeah. Yep, and yep, and you mentioned Dem- you mentioned Demolition Derby. That was actually that's actually one of my favorites from the first season. Mm. So, <laughs> yeah. So there's something we disagree on, and I like it. Had, had I been had I been on there with you for that, I would have I would have I would have bought that one because I like the it may I like the the tough decisions that the firefighters have to the tough call that the firefighters have to make towards the end you know where the two last guys are trapped under that slab of concrete they know that they can't save both of them yeah. but yeah it's <laughs> it's i mean look brandy it, bought it's it a, it's, it's a ter- it's a terrible choice to have to make let's be honest yeah Br- brandy bought it so and i that's the only one of third watch i've ever been um and i mean again as i think i said in the episode it's still a, a bin of third watch is still more watchable than a, a buy of some other shows. Uh, I'm still going to yeah. watch the episode. I'll never skip the episode if I'm watching this on a rewatch. It's just one that I just, you know, yeah. But um, it's it's one thing I'll point out, actually, which I've just kind of, I don't sort of, so, sort of talking about this, because for some reason we've gone very short on this episode. We generally go for an hour at 49-minute mark. So uh, isn't it interesting? The episodes I really like, I generally talk about quicker, because I guess I'm not complaining about it as much. And obviously the next two episodes we've probably got a lot more to talk about. But um, I don't really go over these too much, because I think the IMDB users are stupid. Um, but, like, I'm looking here at the, <laughs> the rated episodes of um, Third Watch, the only list I've got of any sort of orders of episodes ever, which, again, you and I and Brandy will come up with our own at the end of all this. Um, So, looking at the top 10 episodes as rated by IMDb users, there are only two Season 2 episodes in that top 10. This is why this list is stupid. Um, Because, like, um, I mean, even... So, how this works, people don't know what we're talking about. On IMDb, you obviously can log in and have an account, and you can rate the episodes out of 10. And then they compile the ratings of it, and they put, obviously, them in order. For shows like Lost and Nip Tuck, you know, you're going to have thousands of ratings per episode. For Third Watch, here's an example... Uh, some episodes only have 18 people have rated it. There's only one episode that I'm seeing here has had over a hundred, no, three episodes that have had over a hundred rankings out of 132 episodes. So three, the rest have under a hundred rankings. That's going to show how little attention Third Watch has got. My point here is, is that of the top 10, only two season two episodes are in it, which is stupid because season two is amazing. 
Only one season one episode is in the top ten. So according to IMDb users, Darvel, the top ten is consisted of mainly season three, four, and six. And there's one five in there. The fact that season six is the number one episode of all time, Goodbye to Camelot, go fuck yourself. Uh, I mean, it's, it's, it's an okay episode. I still say season, I still say season, season three was very solid. Though. Oh, no, I'm not, I'm not saying season three is a bad season. I'm just saying the fact that season one and two are kind of avoided from the top ten. Anyway, but there are two season two episodes in the top ten. They're ninth and tenth. To be f- and, and to just say this quickly, in ninth spot is this episode. A Rock and a Hard Place is the ninth best episode according to IMDb, which I'd probably say is a pretty actual solid ranking. Uh, I will say, to spoil ahead of next week, the tenth best episode according to IMDb users in the history of Third Watch is our next episode, Requiem for a Bantamweight. So we've kind of got our ninth and tenth best episodes coming up here of overall. So, yeah. According to IMDb users anyway. Those idiots, And yeah. to be fair, to be fair... Um, I've looked into some I've I've read old articles that have been archived, you know, from various newspapers that kind of sounds old <laughs> that that ran articles on Third Watch and it sounds like even though of course Third Watch was never a huge huge hit for NBC, it sounds like it really didn't find what audience it did have <laughs> until season 3 onward. That's a good point. I mean, yeah, I mean, I guess I think a lot of the reason why maybe a lot of people rate that too is because, you know, the show is a bit of a different show from an aspect of this show. And again, a lot of people argue it's when Cruise comes in, we kind of get a lot more storylines based on the, the jobs and the, you know, the police work rather than the characters. And yeah, I see that. I, I still think the turning point season five, in my honest opinion. But, um, you know, you definitely see it falling into different genres of the way it's doing things. Season four, it kind of does turn more cop showy in season four. Um, so, yeah, I could probably see where people are going to be seeing this differently and they haven't maybe watched it from the beginning. Um, but this is where maybe, like, if this show ever does get put on Netflix or something like that, it might sort of get differently here. Because, kind of, I think we mentioned this during After Hours. I mean, After Hours here is the, what... 14th best episode according to IMDb users. That had 69 ratings. Snowblind, which is apparently one spot ahead of it. Oh, God, we'll get to that episode. Um, that only has 18 isn't, people. Isn't, have... yeah. Yeah, isn't, isn't, cold, isn't Cold Front somewhere in the top 22? Uh, that's the, the second well. best episode. <laughs> so, um, yeah, but I was actually... It was a good episode, but I'm not sure I'd put it that high. Well, I mean, on the 11th place, so I said that 9th and 10th is Rock and a Hard Place, followed by Reckon for a Bantamate. Uh, in 11th place is actually the finale of this season and Zeus Wept, which is a great episode. So, um, yeah, look, I, I still... Look, I, I would agree with the Rock and a Hard Place about 9th. Yeah, I'd say it's a pretty good spot for this episode. Maybe a little bit lower. There might be a few episodes above. I, oh, I just said it could be a top 10 episode. Uh, Reckon for a Bantamate, I wouldn't put that in the top 10. I mean, it's a, it's a top... 30, 40 episode just in what happens on it. But, yeah, we're going to get to that next. Anyway, we may as well. And that's a good tease. I mean, good segue into what we're about to obviously talk about. We're into Requiem for a Bantamweight. Now, look, it's kind of interesting, Darvel, when I started doing these and kind of thinking about the episodes, these sort of important episodes in the history of Third Watch, you know, these big episodes where they're an event or something major happens to a character or something along those lines. Obviously, you know, I was excited for After Hours. Um, but then kind of like the thing about Season 2 is that there's, I feel there's 
probably more of these types of episodes which you're going to have a, a good discussion about than maybe some of the other seasons in terms of an overall percentage. And Requiem for a Bantamweight, I mean, I reckon there's probably a reason why it's the 10th best one here because everybody remembers what happens in this episode. It's kind of, it's interesting that I guess the next two episodes kind Especially of are like... Especially the end. Yeah, well, the next two episodes are kind of like one episode almost. It's almost like this is like a, a two-parter. Uh, even though it's never billed that way. I mean, they are. The next two episodes, are, I, I'm just going to call it. It's a two-parter. Um, but we're going to do... Yeah, they should have just made it a two-hour episode when it yeah. originally aired. I, and we'll still, we'll still do, obviously, uh, our, our separate episodes for these. But Requiem for a Bantamweight. First of all, can we point out, Bobby gets his first full episode. <laughs> Actually gets one now. Bobby gets a storyline. Uh, but we've obviously teased a little bit. Our next two episodes are going to be our last Bobby episodes because Bobby's about to leave this show. We're not going to say how, but um, yeah. Uh, there's obviously at the end of this episode, as you said, there's a moment in this episode, which I kind of alluded to at the beginning of this uh, one, but it's going to be in our top five for the end of this season. It probably will be our number one for this season. And I'm going to say it's probably going to make our top five overall moments in the history of Third Watch when we get to end of six seasons. So, um, do you have anything to say in Reckon for a Bantamweight? Because, I mean, look, it's it's a solid episode. I, I, I prefer, like, a rock and a hard place. But in terms of what happens in Third Watch in the grand scheme of things, it's an important episode. Well, Ben, I do have to ask you, do you have your, do you have your tissues ready? Uh, I maybe more so for unfinished business uh, than requiem for a bantamweight. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, but you know, I've got them prepared. Uh, what about you? Do you have yours ready to go? <laughs> no, I don't think I'm going to be sounding like Kim by the time we get to <laughs> the end of unfinished business. Get your goat impersonations ready. Um, we will be back. <laughs> for our Requiem for Abandonweight next week. Remember to like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter, subscribe. Uh, you know how it works. Uh, to everybody listening, we appreciate you tuning in and thank you for your support along the way as well. Uh, but yeah, we're into some very deep third watch stuff going on. Big episode next one. Maybe the biggest one in terms of the overall uh, storyline that we'll ever have covered up until this point at least. Uh, but we thank you for company as again. My name is Ben and we're all dying, sir. My name's Darvell, and did he get mad? Thank you for listening to the Oz Network. Don't forget to subscribe to get new episodes delivered to your speakers every week. For more information, hit us up at theoznetwork.net.